for the for Gundir, right? I mean, it depends yeah. because the the way it would be pronounced in in the Japanese language for say, um, a, like like for example, when it comes to A's, like we like when we say snack, we say snack, right? It's mm-hmm. with the yeah. I guess how do you? I don't I don't know linguistics like how if they call that something, but it's like that at sound. Um, hmm. that doesn't exist in Japanese. Um, so, um, it, it's closer to, I guess, like, I want to say, like, the Romance languages, where it's like, ah, eh, e, like, kind of like that, yeah. where, like, your A sound would be ah. So, like, a lot of Japanese words that mimic English, and they're mimicking the A sound, won't have, like, a hard ah. They'll often just say it like ah. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be, um... I think snack would be something like snaku, and it would be like, it, it, it obviously, then it, you would say, oh, that just sounds like, you know, a Japanese accent or something like that, the way they would put it. Um, so, something like that can happen. So, there's like, um, what's the word? Like, leeway with some names. That's why, like, if, say, um, kind of like the LR thing that I'm sure most people are aware of when it comes to Japanese, it comes this, there's this, like, little leeway where you can kind of go several different ways with a name depending on how it is, and it's not necessarily completely right, unless you have, like, I guess a real-world, like, comparison where you can be like, okay, it's, like, mimicking this, like, I don't know, Austrian name, so you should pronounce it like this or whatever. Um, so that would be the 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 closest i could what's the word um um like compare it to so loki is it gundir or gundir it would be um actually something like uh gunda uh, if i remember correct let me let me double check yeah, it's like gunda yeah something like from that from what i've yeah gunda yeah, yeah. but so, for yeah, the yeah. purpose of this podcast can we just say it's gundir and rich is wrong Sure, why not? Let's go okay. with that. Thank you. <laughs> you can add one more to your list. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richard. That's all right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, so, oh, but that means I'm pronouncing Kinehurst right, and Rich is pronouncing it wrong by calling it Kanehurst. But the characters in the game call it Kane. That means they're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, well, actually, how's it? Actually, because I haven't seen the Bloodborne for. I have to double check. Well, how do they do it in, for Kane Hurst? I'm pretty sure it is just Kane. I, I don't have it on hand, though. Okay. So, because that's, that's another interesting thing. Because, for instance, a good example of this would be um, when the Japanese often take Greek names, like, say, Cerberus, they, um, they often translate it straight from the original Latin. So they'll often yeah. call it, like, Kerberos. Or, yeah, um, there's, a, there's a series called Kerberos that yeah. people might know. Yeah. yeah, so stuff like that. So oftentimes they will translate, or Lucifer would be like Lucifer or something, however yeah. you pronounce Like, they would do it with the hard K sound that, that would be um, alien to a lot of us English speakers. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that's another example of, of really cool little um, um, ways. So I'm not sure how, uh, how like, when it comes to, like, stuff like Kanehurst or other, like, maybe certain phrases or specific spellings in other languages, how... It would carry over. That's one of the cool learning things, though. You can do as well. You, it helps you learn a lot on on how the, how they translate different cultures and things like that into their language. Yeah. But um, that's a separate topic for another day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a cool topic. <laughs> so Loki, tell us about Gundir. 
Goondir. Uh, well, I'm surprised you want this topic. Actually, came up came up for you too. You just kind of like walked up and said, "Hey, let's talk about this." I was like, oh, "Okay, I guess we're doing a <laughs> podcast on that." Yeah. Um, well, from what we understand, Gundir is or Gundir. <laughs> I don't know. I I I want to say I want to say it like like this lot like a, as like a large like I don't know Germanic woman like Gundir. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm thinking about my World War Two professor. My bad. Um, uh, <laughs> no, it's what he always had a he had a thing. I'm. <laughs> This is gonna stay in, isn't it? Um, he had, he had a thing where he would, uh, whenever he would talk about uh, the like, if he ever talked about like, say, the Allies and like the American or the Brits, he would come up with stereotypical names for every one of them. And like when it came to Germany, it was like when he's explaining like, oh, like every Han, like every Hans Friedrich and whatever is like di- is starving in Ger- is starving during the nineteen like thirties or something. So it's like, um, I'm just thinking of that. I'm just thinking of his over the top. Uh, <laughs> teaching style uh he was a great he was great i i that's like probably the only time i ever learned anything in, in history class anyway uh uh sorry completely off topic let's focus that's on cool. on hand <laughs> all right good. so but so where were we all right so gundir um gundir's a bit of an interesting character so far as that he's he's the first boss that from software decide to present to us and then we don't get to see him again until we go through basically a secret area um yeah uh, toward toward the middle to end of the game, depending on how how far you you you've gotten or how you decide to take the the bosses. Um, but then, like when we when as we learn about him, we learn that it's very similar to say back in Dark Souls two with the the last giant, where you kind of learn like through like in in sort of retrospect and similar to what we talked about with what they cut in dark souls 2 with the idea that you you meet characters in the present era they already have a history with your character but you don't get to establish that history until after you fight them in the present which creates an interesting little um yeah uh circular his uh circular time logic uh and then with, with what we learn about Gundir in particular is, and let me pull up my notes for this one. Um, uh, two thing, two things uh, stick out to him is that one that he, uh, well, one it has to do with him directly and his souls and his items. They talk about how there was sort of this this big duty thrust upon him of which he uh, missed out on, and it's connected to the fire linking, and then. Um, another thing which is, which many many fans seem to have connected due to the similarities and just the way the narratives seem to match up is this talk about a firekeeper who missed her champion and as a result um, it's sort of become this this legend that's become been propagated into um, sort of the modern the modern the contemporary culture of of Lothric presumably um, which is interesting. Uh, so that there's the the overview for that. Anyone else want to chime in or talk? Or? Um. Well, do you want to go over like this this story about the firekeeper then? Because that's something that, like you said, like you said, a lot of fans picked up on it and it became a talking point. But we never really sort of never really squared it. So, can you tell us if it's any clearer in the Japanese? Well, for as far as the Japanese is concerned with his, um, say, uh, the, I guess when they say the festivities, 
uh, there's this there there's this line where it's like once a champion came late to the festivities and was greeted by a shrine without fire and a bell that would not toll. So um, of course, the interesting thing about this is that um, I guess in the Jap- in the the Japanese the the wording is a little bit more um, specific. So far as it says, it said welcoming the hero that came late was a ritual place without fire and a bell that didn't ring. So it doesn't necessarily clarify it's for the fire linking mission though you can infer. But what I found yeah. was most interesting was that the idea that he did come late m- implies that he was supposed to have come while the f- the place still had fire and um still had fire at the very least, which is one of my reasons I'm more strongly leaning that this is in fact he was in fact part of the mission. The another thing that's that's brought up is that it said that there's um, an ancient helm um, in the English version. In the Japanese version, it's not clarified that the helm itself is ancient, per se. Um, it, right. it's, it's patterned, though, after an, an old ancient king, for sure. So it's, 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 un, it's not necessarily clear if, say, Gundir is the ancient king it's patterned after, or if he just has a modeled after him. And many have, have made the connection that, at least in a meta sense... The character is a reference to Demon Souls and uh, old. I think he's called Ancient King, or I think in English, Old King Doran. Yeah, uh, Old King Doran. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's an obvious connection here, and I've seen in both English and the Japanese communities. There's been some thought that because Miyazaki's done this before, where he makes sort of these these Demon Souls references that are sort of meta references, but some of the aspects do actually play a role into Dark Souls lore. We can talk a little bit about that with Jeremiah later, too. Um, mm. But the idea that maybe Gundir isn't just, say, for the sake of argument, just a warrior who was on a mission l- related to firelinking, but maybe he was, in fact, um, uh, say, the f- a king or the founding king of Lothric, some have suggested. Mm. Um, well, it looks like he probably was at one point, and then they did the usual from software musical chairs thing. <laughs> right, right. So it's still, it's, yeah. it's not entirely obvious from the outset. Um, yeah. Uh, what we do, what we can, what we can confirm though is that. So he, he, here's one thing to note about when it comes to. Uh, the the scabbard aspect because I had we had I had a di- when Sin brought this up I was having a discussion with someone who brought up their idea which was that not j- that when it came to relate to the fire linking the mission that Gundir was relayed to was actually going to be connected to um, the Lord of Hollows ending and that it was had to do with sort of the characters um, um, Gundir was supposed to be this supposed um, either was going to link the fire or was going to become a dark lord and then what happened instead was the firekeeper for her for whatever reason decided to become um uh to the same degree that our firekeeper does if we try to go with the lord of hollows ending but instead she rejects it and just puts the world into the dark or something mm-hmm. to that effect i don't want to uh to sort of straw man their thing so um maybe if we brought it up it would be better but when it comes to, um, he becomes the scabbard for the spiral sword as a judge of ash is something that's mentioned that he, he, um, he, he sort of made into a test. The idea would be that so that way one day we as the, as an ash would come up and we would defeat him and we would get the sword and it would be sort of the first test. Um, and my argument is that it, and I've, this is, I generally, my, my perspective generally, 
I think seems to be it seems to be the mainstream perspective. I think in this case, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I know in the Japanese community is. I'm not so sure about the English. So maybe you guys can fill me in on 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 the thought. But my general understanding was that the idea was that Gundir was a fire linker, and that what they did was they gave him a they gave him this spear as part of his duty, and this spear was per. per um, purposefully designed to be long-lasting, so it could it could survive a very long time. It would it would last the ages, so to speak. And then the the suspicious thing that's put about about this is that that detail is used at it, it's more explicit in the Japanese, but that detail is used as a connection for okay, it was designed to be long-lasting, and so it seems like they planned for his mission implicitly, him becoming the scabbard, to be this right. from the start. So it's the end. One of one of the one of the 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 counterpoints that the, who I'm who I talked with about this was like, well, you're saying that they couldn't have planned they couldn't have planned possibly for our character to have just come in and then defeated Gundir. And I'm like, I'm not saying that they planned for that. What I'm saying is that based on what we're told, the facts seem to indicate that was what they planned to do one way or the other in the end, and that it wasn't so much that Gundir's um belatedness was entirely of his own fault um or that that was what um um wasn't was what what should we say that he was intended to always be a fire linker it's instead yeah. it seems like he was always intended to be this person now i just saw this before we started um that the person actually responded to me after one of my criticisms which was well uh, my, m- one of my problems with their idea about the lo- this idea of the Lord of Hollows is that they don't address the spear whatsoever. Well, why would they give? Why would anyone give? Why would anyone relate to the fire linking either way? Want someone who was supposed to become a Lord of Hollows, a Dark Lord, or a fire link, or any of that would give them a spear that would have this long lasting? None of these rituals involve require you to be this long this type of figure yeah. that would wait around to this point. And their argument I, response I saw was that they said that oh well look at Gwyn- Gwyn, Gwyn was with his sword for a th- for for a thousand years, and my answer to that was, well, we have Lord of we have the the soul of Cinder now, and Gwyn's sword predates him becoming a fire linker. It wasn't designed for that, and now fire linkers afterwards have become this what's the word conglomerate soul reincarnation that sort of um, become a, a I, I what would be the word like a. It's, it, I, well, I believe the I believe the text actually refers to it as like a deific manifestation. It's it's essentially yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's essentially they become one with the fire yeah, yeah. and it's essentially yeah. become this sort of this yeah I guess manifestation is the best word because how else would you describe it? It's it's just a combined soul that's sort of taken on its its own will based on the combined will of all of these fire linkers whose singular the one shared quality we could say about all of them because we see their different fighting styles. But it seems like the one shared quality they had was a desire to preserve and protect fire, and so that became its own being as the souls piled up. So there's no reason for Gundyr to get his own weapon because the soul of Cinder has its own weapon. It doesn't need it. Uses one of the 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 firekeeper, uh, fire, yeah, fire uh, bonfire blade. So it's like. There's no need for for the spear to be designed for that, and that was what they planned from the start, and then a Dark Lord. I'm just not convinced of that. Um, to me, it seems like they, they, they indeed were planning that there was going to be... Because they gave him a mission, and one of the things that the Japanese does clear up a little better... Because there's this weird line with Gundir's ring, and it's like a chain link, basically. And I guess Yeah, ch- that was what I was going to bring up next, because yeah. that's 
that's kind of integral to the story of, of Gundir is that he's some sort of prisoner. Yeah, so the idea is, yeah. in the English one, they put this really weird wording that I'm not entirely sure I get what they're getting at. A prisoner is one who has staked everything on a belief, a proclivity most apparent in the greatest of champions. So I, I tried to break that down, and I had trouble kind of parsing that. Yeah. I thought it was more clear from the original, and I think they should have gone with something more close to this, which is, a prisoner is one who accepts everything at the price of liberty. So let's break just that sentence down. So what they're saying one is like, when you have everything brought upon you and they say, okay, do this, do this, do this and that. And they say, okay, I will do all of that. You submit to everything and you're sacrificing your freedom to do other things that makes you a prisoner. That is very simple because it's simply you saying, I am narrowing my options to do all of this that is requested or expected or whatever is done to me. I don't have to, but I sacrifice my choice to do these other things in order to do that. I am a prisoner, therefore. That's what it's saying in the first part. And then the second part, it says, all the more if it's the destiny of a hero, yes, or right, or something to that effect. So, and Japanese often does this where it phrases things as questions or things like that, but it's not meant to really be a question so much as it's meant to kind of be like, I don't know how it was. It's meant to be like a phrase where it's like it wants you to lead you down that line of thought. Um, So you'll see. So you may see some things, and it's like, oh, well, you can't really say that's fact. It's like, no, no, no. You're you're misconstruing the language differences. Japanese will often not be as what's the. I don't want to say not as direct, but so or um, not as assertive. Let's say in in stating things, even. But you just have to understand that mindset and how that works, and it, it it becomes more clear when you see some of these questions pop up especially when it seems self-evident when you look at surrounding context on these issues. So the idea is is that Gundir was a hero. Let's say he was the founding king of Lothric. Just and let's say that was the entire idea of giving him the Duran appearance was that that was your hint. Yeah. He he was a he had a, a sort of destiny to be as the hero. He was this great warrior, he was great, people loved him, there's expectations. He had to live up to that idea of being a hero. Then they come with him and they say, we want you to live up to your destiny as a hero and become a firelinker or something like this is what you can do. You can become the ultimate hero. Because again, I've mentioned this before, the idea of the champion in Dark Souls 3 is, or the chosen undead in Dark Souls 1, it's all the same thing. They're saying that you're a hero, you're an undead hero in Dark Souls 1, you're the hero in Dark Souls 3. And the idea is that there's this this recurring theme in the Souls games that, or at least the Dark Souls games, that you you have a mission, and this mission is what gives you purpose in in life, and this mission is going to is what is making you putting you to this 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 hero status that you're growing your soul to become eventually become the soul the size of a hero and become even greater than that, and the idea is that you will become this this amazing being that will lo- follow this path of a duty a mission. And that's what's expected of you, and that's what you're supposed to fall. And of course, the subversion in one is that, well, if you did things a little differently, you'd realize it's all constructed, and and they do a little breakdown, and similar things happen in other games. But the the underlying point I'm trying to make is that Gundir appears to be the someone who accepted what he's just blindly accepted that this is what I have to do. I'm just going to follow the path. I'm not, I have no choice in this matter. This is what I'm going to do. And that made him a prisoner. And the, 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 the kind of irony that they're trying to, to point, they seem to be implicitly in this text is that he was a metaphorical prisoner as a hero. 
because that's just what had happened. He did, he accepted the mission. But then he became a literal prisoner when it turned out that his mission was actually to become this judge that would just sit around sealed away by a sword, and then he would be um, de- only so he could be defeated as a trial as part of a, as part of someone else's mission to become a hero. So there's sort of th- this 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 grand irony being laid into there for Gundir, um, and that seems to be a crucial aspect. Um, it seems that he had this sort of accepting or maybe even ignorance to th- even bother thinking about um, what did it really mean to be following this pathway he chose, and that he sort of just put on his shoulders without any consideration. Um, and then the the final aspect, besides we have talked about now the spear and we've talked about the ring, um, and we've talked about the armor and, and the relation there, the only other thing I can really say about Gundir is, of course, the Estus ring, because the Estus ring, uh, Estus ring sort of ties together this idea that there was, um, there was the firekeeper who sort of waited around, but she ended up never meeting yeah. her, her, uh, her, her hero that was supposed to sort of uh, accompany her again. I I say presume the the implication would be on the fire linking mission. Yeah, and if that's if that's true, if that holds true, and this ring is also because the ring never says it explicitly, but most have picked up on this. If that holds true, that the ring is indeed talk about Gundir and the fire linker, then it's interesting because the firekeeper is one of the bodies that is tossed among many bodies in the bottom of the bell tower where the the firekeeper mausoleum is. Yeah. Which is different than the firekeeper who has the eyes that's in sort of the hidden, I guess you could say, hidden pseudo-tomb in the the main temple. Um, yeah. And then when we when we pick up the ring, and I believe the ring is taken from, say, like, I think it's like cut Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 1 or something like that? Yeah, it's based on the, the design of the Estus ring is based on a ring called the Ring of Displacement oh. that was cut from Dark Souls 1. Okay. And then... From there, we see that there's this idea that there was a, a tragedy that sort of become prolificated. And one of the now, what this could mean is that if we, if we, if the assertion is correct that Gundir is the founding king of Lothric, if it's then he became then based on what we know about Old King Duran and what we see from Dark Souls is that Lothric started out as a rather militaristic state. It seems like they started yeah. out generally during a time when dragons were running amok and they needed to put that down and they were able to get control and they were able to subvert well, the dragons. Do you, do you want to just say that like the the implication seems to be that Lothric was founded by the Nameless King, the god of war, and the dragon slaying and everything is, uh, is, is, is in the tradition of him, basically. I don't know if I'd say founded. I would say for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say for sure. Like, insp- I would say for sure they borrowed, and he was definitely uh, yeah. a yeah. I, I think a key part yeah. of their worship. I think it's one of those things where like it was going to be explicit, and then they removed it. But yeah. I would have to do. Yeah. I would have to do more on that because I on Dark Souls three for that aspect because that's a part of the the Nameless King's current role. I'm still breaking down and sinking my teeth into and i'm talking to a lot of yeah, different people on that so i'm not i think i don't want to say it's anything something, there it's something that comes more out of the visual design than anything you're actually told <laughs> yes because we do see that yeah. both osiros's temple and the nameless king's current is the same design. architecture yeah. it seems at the very least um that's why i say at the very least i would say that at the very least they were crit it was critical in the early days of lothric just because well there is a 
There's references in like the cut files to a, a key that will open a great bridge, and it talks about the bridges sealing away a secret from a very long time ago. I think the idea is that the secret was going to be that the Nameless King was the founder of Lothric. Come on, Loki, what do you think? The suspense is killing me. I thought it was me that had gone off. Oh no, did Loki? Loki, I think Loki's gone. Uh, he's like, Richard, that's so stupid. I'm leaving. Come back. Loki? Loki? We can't hear you. Loki, we're sorry Richie said that <laughs> that stuff about the nameless king. Please come back. Well, we got like 25 minutes out of him. That's enough for an episode. Yay! What a twist. <laughs> Uh, oh, now it's Loki who has internet problems. Remember last time it was you? Yeah. Well, yeah. not last time, but the time before. This is a reference to the Souls games. How so? Loki's, Loki's given us part of what he was going to say, and then he's <gasps> disappeared. So we have to make up our own minds. He He's being very meta. It's just so meta. I think what he was going to say was, Oh, Sin, your Gundir lore is just perfect. Did you know I have lore on Gundir? Uh, yeah. Yay! And do you know how that lore came about? Uh, you played Dark Souls 3 and thought this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no! It, because I was thinking, like, so does every time somebody pass, they have to go through Gundir and then take out the sword and then go light the shrine and then he has to just chill there and wait for the second person to come along and the same thing happens and then, you know what I mean? So I was thinking, like, so what does he do in his downtime? He doesn't look well. <laughs> well, no, no, he just chills. Listen, what happens is, like... Like, an action comes along, or whatever, and they fight him, and they win, and so then they go and do their thing, and do their mission, so he responds at that bonfire, and then he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll wait for them to link the flame, or just not link it, or whatever, and while he's waiting, he just, like, goes shopping, sees old friends, you know, visits the painting of Ariandel. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, looks like the flame was linked, well, I gotta go back to my post, you know, gotta go back to my fire. And then he goes back to sleep until someone else comes along. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I wonder when the Lords of Cinder awoke, awoken? Woke up? When the Lords of Cinder were hashtag woke. <laughs> when the Lords of Cinders woke up from their graves, I wonder if each one of them had to go through Gundir to get out. Um... I don't know, because the intro shows them waking up in graves that aren't at the Cemetery of Ash. Okay, so but at least... Yeah. yeah. But weirdly, I think Yorm is shown to wake up at the Cemetery of Ash. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. So, like, I guess at least Yorm had to go through Gundir. Well, from what I gather, the original idea is that Yorm was Gundir. What? Oh, did I not tell you that? No. It looks like, from what I've seen, the original plan was that the reason you see Yorm, quote-unquote, Yorm wake up at Firelink is that Yorm was going to be the tutorial boss, not called Yorm. He would have been called- I think he was actually called Gundir. And okay. you would fight Yorm. Like, you would fight a giant. 
as the tutorial boss. And then when you beat him, like, yeah. And Gundia was, Gundia was the, um, Oseros character. He was in Oseros. Yeah, that I know, but I didn't, but that makes sense. That's why his grave is there. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be what they would go. Oh, I spoke to Lance about it and he said, like, we weren't sure whether that sarcophagus with the tree was supposed to be the giant tutorial boss or the Pontiff Sullivan, who later became the the Pontiff Sullivan final boss character. Pontiff Sullivan kind of, was a giant? No, because we were wondering if, like, if that was always open and it was meant to be the giant sarcophagus of the tutorial boss. Okay. Or if it would have been closed up until the very end, and then it would have opened up when you resurrected the old Black King. But oh, right, the old Black King is Pontiff Sullivan. Pontiff Sullivan, but that's what he's called in the files or whatever, right? He, yeah, he's it's either old Black King or Black Old King, and I think it, it may have been like old Dark King because you fight him in the in the dark version dark of Fire Link. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because I was, okay, that's another thing that I've been pondering lately. It's like, okay, if Yorm wakes up in the giant coffin and then he, like, fights Gandir. Well, I'm sure he wouldn't fight Gandir. He'd be like, Gandir, move aside, please. Like, I'm a giant. Go away. I can step on you. And, but then, like, how does he fit in Firelink Shrine, you know? Because he has to go, like, to teleport to his home. He has to link the flame. So it would be really awkward where he just can, like, shove his hand in. And try to, like, yeah. put the sword in, but, like... Yeah. And then the firekeeper would be like, no, 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 a little to the left, a little to the right. Yeah. Okay, you got it. The way it was explained is you would fight Gundir in the cemetery, and then much, much later on, he would, like, be resurrected again, and you would fight him in Carthus. Oh. And that so actually... Yeah. Oh, that turned out to be accurate. Um, there's no yeah. footage of it, but I can confirm that one of the... Carthus bonfires. It's actually the bonfire that Wolnir uses is called Halleck, which is Yorm's internal name. So Yorm was the boss of Carthus at one point. Yeah, like the, there's sort of there's no way to do the only like quote unquote proof you have that Yorm was in Firelink slash Cemetery is this CG intro that shows him waking up there. Yeah. But like the guy who said that also said, yeah, Yorm was the boss of, cause he was, we're talking about someone who did QA testing and they said, yeah, mm-hmm. Yorm was also the boss of Carthus. And I now know mm-hmm. that Yorm was the boss of Carthus, which mm-hmm. like you couldn't have known before the game was cracked unless yeah. you actually saw it. So yeah. I'm, but yeah. yeah, but you know what it makes me think of Yorm being the boss of Carthus. It yeah. reminds me of demon souls. Because you know how where you oh, go, old hero. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's a yeah, similar he's a big setup guy. where the cob- where the where the goblet is. It's a similar yeah. sort of hallway thing as as the Demon Souls boss. Yeah. Huh. Do you think Loki's Loki's going to come back? Are you okay, little guy? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Testing, testing. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Welcome back. Uh, my internet. I don't know what happened to my house. It went and went and went and went flashy flash and then fuck. Uh, Gundir heard we're talking shit about him, so he was having none of that. God, I'm being hunted by a fucking starter boss. <laughs> Kill me. <Yeah. 
like he's standing outside your house, like cutting your wires. <laughs> With that freaking snake thing, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gunter, go home. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop talking shit. With the glowing red eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, That's oh, okay. God, why? Why? <laughs> At least it wasn't two hours. I'll just say that. Yeah. Unlike someone. <laughs> Richie. There's an upside, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't know. God. I just hope oh. it doesn't happen again. Oh, God, no, I jinxed it. Fuck. Uh-oh. <laughs> Gunter's coming back and he's bringing friends. Don't worry, guys. I'm sure I'll... <laughs> Lol, Loki the troll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Enough fooling around. So, where where were we? We were talking, we were talking about the Nameless King as a side part. <gasps> right! Yeah. Right. Okay. We were talking about that, like the you were talking about Lothric having like a military history and a dragon hunting history, and, and you wanted to well, that looks yeah. a bit. It looks like uh, at least one of the ideas that was integrated, and then possibly they went back on was that Lothric is the kingdom that was founded by the nameless king. And it's a sort of like I saw it as like like a mirroring thing where like you had Lothric as the kingdom that was ruled by the nameless king who was Gwyn's son, who is the god of war, and there was Lothric is like a sun kingdom. And that was in contrast to Irithil, which was ruled by Gwyndolin, and it was like a moon kingdom. And I think that's maybe something they were going for and well, got that- lost in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So the only thing is the reason why I'm I'm not so sure if I would say founded I would say yeah. more inspired only because there's definitely the temple and the work that's definitely similar and they definitely have the worship going for them but I'm not sure how much the nameless king directly um involved and that's mm. also because there's some things that have to do with both Irithil and with the nameless king proper that maybe we could talk about another podcast yeah, another yeah. day but that it would be good because there's a lot there's a lot of things going on there and it dates all the way back to Dark Souls 1 I've talked yeah. about it for the project too and that yeah that would be a good topic for another day for sure um cuz there's an in, there's the, there's a lot of interesting little things there um the only thing I would say is that it seems we we understand that Lothric had had a, a military. We can all agree though that Lothric had a mili- It had a war history starting up. It seems to have been a country established one for linking the fire fire as sort of a replacement for undead Berg and and other failed attempts at sort of creating this sort of um I guess human factory for 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 siphoning the undead and then. Um, and then the other aspect seems to have been they wanted to create sort of the, this, 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 this kingdom that would deal with, with the drag, a dragon problem that seemed to have existed early in its history. Um, and let's say that Gundir was, say, that king, the founding king or whatever. He became this heroic fighter, much like old King Duran, and, and eventually he dies and he becomes undead, let's say, and then they were like, this is now your your destiny that you have as a hero who has done this. You're now undead. So now, like in life, how you did this for your country, you do that. And what I was trying to say was that if we, if all of that is true, then it would go a long way in explaining the Loth the Lothric royal families, um, especially Ulceros, because Ulceros takes it a step further. He not only um, had a, a fir- he not only carried this family tradition. To want to to create a fire a proper fire linker, he had an obsession with it. 
And it's quite possible the idea that Gundyr had become like sort of the, this failed fire linker that he was he was sort of remembered as a fool, and this was like this fool this tragedy of fools that um, him and his firekeeper, and it was told as sort of this 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 tale to the masses that got passed down. That would explain that could go a long way in explaining sort of the 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 the, the, the psychological aspect that's going through Osiris's mind as he sort of goes up and raises, and he sort of his family sort of has this sort of this this long-standing tradition that's been great we've got to try to create this firekeeper and he sort of grows into being like we've got to do this this has to be done and that could be what gundir's significance really is is sort of setting up where that the the seed for that aspect of the lore which obviously because of course we fight Osiris before we end up fighting gundir when we go deeper so one could look at this as maybe like a, a metaphorical sort of digging deeper into the so the the dark subcon history and the dark subconscious behind the Lothric royal family instead of just ascending and and facing up to fight the core, which is of course Prince Lothric himself, where they put where sort of Osiris had originally put all his eggs in that basket. Um, uh, so that's that that's what my thoughts on on Gundir. Um, so far, and what that significance is. I'm not sure if you guys have anything you want to chime in or add or, or subtract from that or something. Uh, no, while while you were having internet problems, we just talked about, like, Goondir being sort of shuffled around a bit, because we... Like, one of the reasons that Goondir is talked about as being based on... Like, his armor is based on an old king, uh, old King Duran style, is that in the early screenshots, like... Gundir was the Osiris character. He was the he was an early king of Lothric, and you would find him in where you fight Osiris now. Has Lance been able to reconfirm that in the um, files? Okay, he he can't restore it, but the um the bonfire that you fight uh, Osiris at Osiris. is called yeah, it's called Gundir. Okay, so it is. So that was still. So that was seems to have been. That was definitely the original plan because it's similar to how it seems like there was going to be a, a an interactable. Um, what's the word? Dancer that you could talk to or pr- and yeah, interact with as well. Yeah, we don't. We we can't um, restore. That's like way way earlier than anything we have access to. But that's like, a shame. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's always a shame. But so that we know that. And if I recall correctly, there were spears in the ground of the screenshot. Yeah, that, it, yeah. Um, yeah, it was the icon that was used when people made a bonfire in the old system. You could see where people had made bonfires. So oh, it was okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't anything too sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of bonfires in that screenshot. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. But, but like, yeah, the the bonfire. Osiris's bonfire is called like um, Mausoleum brackets formerly Gundur or something like that. I'd have to look it up okay. again. Yeah. All right. So then. So then that would be the idea there. So that that would make sense too, because if he was indeed the founding king. Even in the present lore, then in the original idea, they would have kept him in perhaps one of the early ste- temples yeah. um, to put to put him around because that that would be an interesting thing. Unfortunately, I don't I don't think Lance has found any like lore descriptions or anything um, in no in the, text the thing files is or like or anything. the version that Lance is working with is like quote unquote the alpha, mm-hmm. but it's basically the network test version. But we know that there is there are much much earlier builds than that that are completely different, but we just don't have the data. They would have been used in like QA and screenshots and things, and no one's been able to find anyone that saved that or anything. Uh, not right? that, not that we know of, but like you don't go around leaking QA builds if you want to keep your job. So it's possible right. that one will leak, and we just we're just being very very cagey about like 
where it's oh. yeah. We don't no, know. it's it's pos- no, yeah. it's it's pos- I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's just that's yeah. That, it, that's just a shame because if it did, that would that, that could be very insightful. Um, yeah. And if I recall correctly, I believe it was supposed to be that you would go in after then after the Gundir fight. It would have been you'd go on through the dark um, starter area and then you would fight. I believe it was current Sullivan uh, as the final so, boss after so the, half the bell. And half. Was- like it looks like. The untended graves, you would have created that. You wouldn't have dropped down through the back of Osiris's room. You would have created it at Firelink. You would have done a ritual at the fire there. and um, oh, So sim- it would have been similar to how it is in the actual... Yeah, um, basically, instead of warping to that weird dreg heap area, you would have warped to untended graves. Okay. That would have been the end of the game. Um, yeah, we think... I mean, this is, like, super vague, but sort of fits that the back of... Osiris's room might have connected to Archdragon Peak at one point. But we're not entirely like the way that you it looks like Archdragon Peak and you find the serpents there. And then you also like there's there's concept art of what looks like it like a different sort of door that isn't the illusory wall and we're mm-hmm. thinking that maybe maybe like after you, like Gundu would have been an optional boss and then after you guys when he was the king you would have beaten King right. Gundir and that would have led to Archdragon Peak. Rather than the meditation thing, but like it's very vague. We're just going off like circumstantial evidence from item descriptions and like concept art and stuff. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And then we, it's just the matter that we would need more data at this point. Yeah, which we may never get our hands on, but oh well. Yeah, that, that, that's the part that books. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can say we may never get our hands on it, but then like old versions of um, Upper Cathedral Ward showed up in Dark Souls Remastered. So like stuff just shows up everywhere. Like, this may be- for all we know, this will be in Sekiro. <laughs> Sekiro yeah. has, like, all the full Dark Souls 3, like, early, early pre-alpha. <laughs> that could be true. It's true, it's true, yeah. Not- yeah, because, like, Bloodborne went into development alongside Artorius of the Abyss, so it's full yeah. of, like- Well, that's, that's why the, people that's- make the theory yeah. that- that- Chester is possibly an Easter yeah. egg, or Miyazaki. Yeah. I think Miyazaki, at the very least, was just concepting the idea when he was making up the design. Yeah. It was like yeah. that was just his influence, maybe. But yeah. like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but like, that's the reason why you can find unused versions of Upper Cathedral Ward in Remaster. It's not like it was a weird accident. Like, it's mm-hmm. because they were in development at the same time, so the files are just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just no one bothered to remove it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that everything for Gundir then, or um, I think so. I mean, I can't think of anything else to talk about for him. So, so in a nutshell, like really quickly, could you just sum up his story? Well, from what I understand, his story seems to be he he was a he was a hero, possibly the he, he was. All right, if we go with everything we've talked about so far, then the idea would be he was he found he found he was the king who found it, who was found at the foundation of Lothric. He was a war. He was a hero from its early wars. Eventually, when he becomes undead, he's given the spear and the mission, presumably by the gods, or, that he would be become a fire linker as part of a mission. Then he would go through um, to the system, and then he becomes defeated by us. And then, as a result of that, he would fa- he would end up. Obviously, he doesn't ever meet the firekeeper anyway. And then he's be made instead, as he was intended, to become the the judge of Ash, who would then be defeated. And then the tale ends up becoming a story of the masses thereafter. So, like, 
one thing that Sin and I sort of talked about is like when when Gundir is the judge of Ash, as in he's judging the Ash that rise. Is he just there to like let one Ash through, or does he keep dying and coming back to life again every time a new Ash defeats him, and he's like this eternal judge? Well, whenever we see the Fireling Shrine, we don't ever see anyone else even reference or mention the idea of facing him. So that's never clear. So that yeah. wouldn't be clarified. And as far as we know, his there's only one of his sword that we take and use for the Fire Link. So it seems like everyone else just wasn't unlucky enough to have to pass through him. Yeah. So he's, so, he's more like the uh, Asylum Daemon. Than yes. like a than like a test you have to undergo. Yeah. Oh, I see what well, happened. Yeah, well, so yeah. everybody just shows up and they have their own little sword with them, so they just go around him. And we didn't, so we had to fight him. Well the the idea would be because because if he was designed, if he was, the idea would be that he was designed as a test. So I, everyone seems to have not either, because we have to remember that everyone that we meet either isn't really taking the mission seriously, or um, like like Hawkwood, Hawkwood is just kind of like, oh, why bother? Are we really? How are we supposed to convince? Because this is a thing that the Japanese versions were obvious about with Hawkwood than in the English version is that um, Hawkwood thinks that when it's like, you got to meet these lords, it's like, these are some really crazy, high up, powerful guys, and they could easily kill you if you, you look at them the wrong way. And he's like, how am I, are we supposed to convince them to come back? And then you come back with their ashes, and he's like, oh, that's how. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, when it, it then comes the baggage when, as we learn more about when it comes to the Abyss Watcher specifically, but with, um, uh, uh, with Gundir and everything, it seems like no one's ever, like, uh, it seems like Honoré and Horus went on because they were just interested in Aldrich. They didn't really care to them much about the mission or any of that. So defeating Gundir to get the sword for the, for the Firekeeper's little shrine there wasn't really a big deal. And then there was, of course, Hawkwood who doesn't care, and then anyone else who, presumably is either killed or anything off or isn't involved so there doesn't seem to be anyone but us who bothered to pass by gundir take the sword and then move on and that might have just been unlucky of where we happened to be buried and we had to cross paths with him um it's hard to tell how much of that is like narrative based and how much of that is um uh, sort of built into the system in universe, so to speak. Yeah. Um. I don't think he would be he would be set up just to respawn and die over and over again, though. It's I don't think he. Let's say I don't think he's like the gall the the gall the iron golem, which right. would be and essentially could be set up again and again and again and again. Right. Um. Uh, you know, until we, we, until like, once again, my, my theory holds true. Chosen Dead is an asshole. It's like he falls over the ledge and you'll still take his soul. Like, you're just that greedy son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so, so there comes to that point. The idea that I'm more interested in is that when they made him as a judge of Ash, and I think this is the point the person I was talking to, what significance would it be that the dark is is stagnating within him so to speak with the uh, the pus of man that's coming within because that's that's like is it just that he happened to have it and this was sort of the way that Miyazaki wanted to first introduce us that there's something really weird going on with the humanity inside people or was there something more significant to Gundir um actually having the pus of man within him um cuz I don't think that's immediately obvious yeah uh, 
It it may even be like from back when he was in uh, back when he was in Osiris's room, like that area's got passive man enemies in it, and there's the the pilgrim butterflies above that look like they're what the passive man turns into. So it may be from that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That would make sense too thematically in terms of you would they would be there, and then he would be in there involved. Instead, we get Osiris just. Hiding away with his yeah, uh, well, like uh, one thing. One thing we talked about with Sin is like Osiris really looks like he is connected to the the wretches in Erethel, but yes, the, textually it doesn't ever do any. It that's just visual. Like no uh, other. There's nothing else about them that is connected. Like they look similar and they have the same. Well, the, well, well, the connection things. is well, yeah. Well, the connection is supposed to be. It's supposed to reinforce one of many connections between Osiris and Sullivan because right. that they, they 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 were they they their collaboration. Because as I've mentioned before, the idea was that Gwyndal, like if we were to take. If we would say that Lothric is the undead Berg to Irithul's and Orlando, and now Sullivan took over and Orlando um, from Gwendolyn, and now so he's sort of running the show, and then of course during Osiris's let's say generational reign, um, they were collaborating at a part, and it's very it seems based on the the wretches. Um, because they're called the same thing as the what are they called in English the the bounding demons from uh, Dark Souls One though the Isolith the yeah. dragon butts dragon butts so yeah, yeah and they're, they're they're both called the same thing which is the idea of a failed to become and this phrase is used when referencing dragons becoming being failures or no good. Well, well, the idea is like lizards or snakes being no good dragons. So the idea seems to have been that that Osiris was experimenting with the idea of turning humans into something like Seath. And also, uh, well, so, yeah, well, did I say Osiris or Sullivan? Because it seems Sullivan was experimenting with that. I'm, I, I did this last time, didn't I? Um, yeah. Sullivan was experimenting with seemingly wanting to turn humans into, or specifically sorcerers, into um, sort of Seath-like dragons. Yeah. And it seems like he ended up succeeding because then we ended up getting Osiris. And it seems there was this exchange of information from the Lothric library at, for Sullivan's own use. And obviously we see Sullivan also gave Lothric some of the, the, the gala, the, the, the gargoyles from the profane capital that he seems to have pilfered. So there seems to be a, a, a free flowing connection there. But I, 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 it, like I said, it's the puss of man aspect that really gets me because I'm not sure. I'm not sure where when when it comes to Gundir how like relevant like how like whether we should just say oh that's a footnote because we're going to see lots of puss of man thereafter or if it's something like there's some there's some um serious implications here because I'm still trying to understand if the once again it's sort of like is puss of man like undeath and it just sort of is randomly springing up or is it there is something specific directing it my take on it is like puss of man is the dark soul and the idea is that the dark sign, this this burning brand that was burning away the dark soul before it could escape, but because the age of fire is ending, the the brand of fire around the dark sign is fading away. So suddenly, instead of undead just dying, the pus of man slash dark soul is starting to come out of them. Now, so the idea is that instead of becoming the standard hollow, the seal, the gods placed on on humans is now instead um it's instead becoming like a choker and it's becoming this kind of i guess what would you call it like a 
a, a small tube from which it's the dark is just yeah, bursting I, I out at once. Yeah, I think basically this is what Gwyn was trying to stop happening by linking the fire. Like, and this is the beginning of the Age of Dark, and the Dark Soul is coming out of everybody. In the form, it comes out in the form of those butterflies that fly off toward the sun, sort of thing. Where do the angels fit into this, Richie? Well, that's an interesting question, Sinclair. <laughs> um, I don't think they do at all. I think they, ch- <laughs> I think they had about forty different ideas for what angels were and went with all of them at once, and it doesn't work. Like from from okay, going back to like we were talking about cut stuff and like stuff from QA builds. I think like the simplest explanation that I have heard, and this is from someone who said other things that turned out to be correct, is that the pus of man things, instead of being pilgrim butterflies, they were going to be little flying primordial serpent things. They they kind of look like Frampton calf. From what we um, saw in the screenshots. Yeah, you can see them in early screenshots. And the way it was explained is that during the fight with Lorien and Lothric, phase two, instead of being Lorien and Lothric together, um, Karth would have appeared and he would have looked like the statues in the Grand Archives. He would have been like the snake body, but with these big feathered wings. And Are we Karth- sure it's Karth and not Framped or a generic serpent? No, it was specifically Karth because Karth's the guy that is like obsessed with the dark soul and spawning a dark lord do we know if like he was voiced or anything or was it just uh, his model the guy here? just says karth and like this is all on this is what i'm referring to here is an anonymous document from an anonymous qa tester that oh like, yes you did mention this yeah to me once, and yeah. um we've had it for a while and we were just sort of like sitting on it like well we can't prove either way this could just be anything but um having looked at like internal stuff, a lot of the stuff in that document is in there and none of it is contradicted. So I have reason to believe it's accurate. And it's, and it's yeah. spe- so specific that either he's the yeah, Incredibly <laughs> specific things that you couldn't just guess. Like, um, yeah. yeah, like how areas originally connected and where certain bosses were and stuff like that yeah. is all Yeah, accurate. we've talked about this before, yeah. at least off camera for sure. Yeah. But like it, from the explanation, Karth would have appeared and Karth would have had big feathered wings. And I think mm-hmm. the idea is Karth was the angel that Gertrude speaks to. I and the see. reason she's locked up is because Karth is tempting her not to link. The, he's spread her to spread, don't link the fire. And that's why they lock up Gertrude. And that's why, like, oh. Uria is all like, Karth, I'm failing in your mission, but we never see Karth. Well, the idea seems to have been, though, that Koth was... But that seems to have been the localization, because in the Japanese, Koth is is seemingly dead, is what... Well, is okay. I've heard conflicting stuff about this. So, like, she says, Koth, basically, Koth, your Ishii. Your, which, la- your last, your dying wish would be Yeah, the, but, like, the- isn't, Ishii doesn't necessarily always have to mean dying wish, does it? It, it can mean, like, legacy. Well, that's the thing. It's In the kanji, it's written it, it's dying wish. Right. So yes, there is. Um, it, there is like a, I, I, what, what would you not a synonym, synonym, um, homophone, something like that. Yeah. There, yes, there. Yes. So like, there is different ways to say Ishi, yeah. but in the way that it's written in the script, it's dying wish. Right. So it's the same as how it is in Bloodborne with the echoes or whatever they're called. The idea, that, or yeah. and they mention it throughout the game is the last wishes or the dying wishes. The yeah, dying of, wish of the blood. Yeah. So the same the idea. So. Um, that's that. That's what she's talking about, right? So, if it was written in like, um, 
uh, if it was written in, say, like Hiragana or something, it would be more ambiguous, and you right. could go and you could then you could say, oh, maybe there's a double meaning there, and oftentimes that will be kind of the case. But this case, no, it, it's very clear there. The idea is Koth is dead. Right. Um, Aww, who killed him? Uh, <laughs> that's a separate. That's a that's a that's a good topic. To that's a good question. Uh, yeah, there's a there's yeah. a lot. But like, I I guess on that subject, like. The the dialogue that we have is, but that's why, but, yeah. But that's why that that's yeah. why I say that's why I question because the guy could say Koth, and maybe he's just speaking because that's the serpent he remembers, and maybe it's just a generic serpent, or maybe it's yeah. Fram, or that's why I'm saying that it, that guy could be right, and it was a serpent, but it might not necessarily be Koth himself. That's why that's all. That's yeah. my only caveat. I would say is that it would be e- if we had the model or the cutscene or a lot more to work with from there, yeah. we could corroborate. That's the only well, detail where I'd be like, you know, someone could get confused or. The other, the other thing is, there. like, the the dialogue, like, the dialogue refers to things that aren't in early builds. So, the dialogue looks like it was recorded much later on. So, the dying wish thing could have been added then, like, after they had already cut Karth out. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. There's definitely a lot of things that they had to have recorded. Like, say, because if I remember right, in the early, in, like, say, one of the beta builds that they, they released, it was the the Irithyll soldier, or the Irithyll knight yeah, in, in the where prison. the Dark Wraith and- is. And then it's a dark wraith, but there's an entire quest line with, uh, yeah, with Le- Leonard outright saying like there is a dark wraith in the cell, so that has to have come yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. So something. Yes, at, at the very so at the very least, even when the beta was out, they probably had that dialogue and stuff recorded, and they were yeah. planning on putting and, like, things it, in other ways. It's referencing like Yorm and stuff, who we know wasn't called Yorm at the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, basically, it looks like the angel was uh, was Karth or another serpent. The other. Uh, the way it's described is, like, Karth would have burst in through part of the Twin Prince's room, like, knocked a wall out or something. So, <laughs> Like the Kool-Aid man? What I'm saying is, yeah, <laughs> that even if we don't ever restore Karth, if Lance finds that, like, the mesh of that room is destructible, then we'll know they were right. Yeah. Or at the very, yeah, right enough. So. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So you'd have to check. I guess that I don't know how 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 coding yeah, works. No anything, so I don't know. How to- I know everything about coding. Oh, that's good. You can tell us then. How difficult would that be, Sin? Huh? Please tell us. <laughs> I know nothing about coding. <laughs> if you want to get like super weird, though, like th- this almost seems to be contradicting it to a degree. But like Lance has gone into the alpha version of the Grand Archives, and the uh-huh. big Karth statues aren't there. Well, that's because were the statues are the statues in the rest of Lothric. I'm curious. They about start that. on the bridge where you fight Dragon Slayer armor, and they continue throughout. And he's I've seen like he's shown me screenshots of the Alpha Grand archives, and they're just not there. But like it's possible that they that that statue shows up at the top of the archives, and he just hasn't gotten there yet. But I don't know. I'd be curious to know the differences, because at least on the top floor, because for most of the floors, it seems to be pretty evenly spread out, and it's just a reflection of their culture. And yeah. I've, I think I've talked before about the idea that the statues would represent Frampt and sort of the, the fire linking in their cult and their idea there, and that it may not have to do with the, the, the angels that Gertrude and, say, worship, at least directly. Yeah. Um, uh, but then uh, we know that the top floor, and I think I maybe I've said this on camera before, would be that... 
there's an interesting symbolism being done where all the the bridge leading up to Prince Lothric, and I've checked this personally, I must be insane, um, all the statues are priestess and king statues. So yeah. obviously Emma and obviously his wet nurse and his father uh, representing the royal family. Um, and then the statues representing quote, Aldia, the, the scholar, are wrapped around his boss room building. So it seems like they definitely were not just randomly placing them. There seems to have been some idea on which statues they had and why some were destroyed or or what have you um, in specific yeah. areas and things like that. So they definitely were still paying attention to detail. So that's interesting that they removed them because I'm not sure if that was supposed... Because we know in the final game the idea was that the the scholars had sort of a faith element where they were supposed to... They were made ministers of their of their own research and things, but that knowledge they were also forbidden from... Um, from being consumed by it, let's say, and yeah. that obviously didn't work out. And they were supposed to, what was, I think the word was they were supposed to like self, um, basically self regulate themselves. And well, we see how that worked out. <laughs> uh, so that's an interesting thing that it was removed at the time. I'm wondering how much that affected just the general idea they were going yeah. with. Um, but there's, there's also the, slugs in the Grand Archives alpha version, like regular, sl- like the regular there's slugs from the swamp areas from Theron. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like they're, they're stuck to the walls. They're like crawling up them. It's I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I think it it may just be them saying like this. This has been closed for a very long time. Well, it could be. It could also yeah. maybe they were maybe they were just like dissecting slugs for like research. <laughs> well, yeah, no, because like, like in, put in the spot where you find Gotthard's corpse, Gotthard's corpse isn't there, but the door of the archives has all these slugs crawling up it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't able to open the door, but he, like, he clipped through it. And I think there were more slugs inside. I don't quite understand what was going on there. He'll probably do a video on it at some point. I would love it if he do so, because this yeah. could all be very interesting information. All right. So I think we've gotten off our gun deer topic quite a bit. So well, yeah. well, well. maybe. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Richie, yet again. No, I, I think it's good. I, I would love to talk about it, but like, so what, no, no, what no. Was don't it? encourage Richie in these tangent pursuits because I, that's I, what create three hours podcast that I have to edit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Richard. I, I could right. talk with you for hours, but we, we, we've got a keeper, <laughs> and she's a strict one yeah. with the whip. We recorded yeah. two and a half hours about Darasine yesterday. Oh God! Don't even remind me. <laughs> a game that's like not—it has a two-minute trailer, and that's it. <laughs> Yay! That's the oh. most fun ones to have, like five-hour talks oh. about. It could be anything. <laughs> there were a lot of cages. <laughs> All right. So, um, so you want to switch? Uh, yeah. Switch to okay. since I was I delayed a little bit. Want to switch to Jeremiah then? Or? Okay. Do you want to well, hit stop now or keep wait, recording? Wait, wait, Richie. Oh. You know what you have to do. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, the outro. Yes. Right. Okay. That was episode. Was it nine or ten? Uh, executioners ten. Okay, I told what you need to do is just record me saying all the numbers between like one and a hundred <laughs> and just splice those in. This is episode 10 of this yeah. podcast. With our guest, Mr. Black. 
Um, that was episode 10 of the Snack Covenant, uh, and it was about... Kind of about Gundia. <laughs> kind of. It, it began about Gundir and ended up being about all sorts of things. That were more interesting than Gundir. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, there's links to discords and twitters in the <laughs> description of this if you want to follow us on social media, including Loki. Yeah, and we'll um, Loki's stuff in the description as well. Yeah, and we're going to say thank you and goodbye to Loki, and then we're going to record another episode immediately. Thanks for coming, Loki. <laughs> Thanks! I can't wait. I, you know, somehow I feel like I'm going to be here, you know, in just the next moment. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, bye everyone. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. And stop. Stop.